Yo, what's up? It's Hakeem Murphy from Machine and Dreams, Synapses Records, and Endeavor. You are listening to the Decisive Music Podcast with your host, Roberto Ingram. Let's get it. So, hello everyone. Welcome to the Decisive Podcast special interview series. Uh, shall I say edition, huh? It's Thursday, August 13th. 2020 Roberto Ingram here and I am so excited to have on the program a very interesting <laughs> talent humorous down to earth funny dude ordained pimp <laughs> he's truly a, to be honest with you a good DJ awesome DJ producer a Chicago native residing here in Germany please welcome to the program Hakeem Murphy, Mr. Hakeem Murphy. All right. Welcome, brother. Well, well, thank you. One correction. I'm not a Chicago native. I just grew up there. Okay, good. So I have been corrected. He grew up in Chicago, but... And was born in Dirty Jersey, you know what I'm saying? Dirty Jersey. Dirty New Jersey. <laughs> Why you call it Dirty Dirty Jersey? <laughs> have you been to Jersey? <laughs> I don't know. You have to tell me. What's the, what's the, what's the running gag? On that? I don't know. I mean, if he... We, we we talk about some of the cities. There's a lot of a lot of crazy people. Mm-hmm. A lot of people on drugs. Okay. A lot of racism. This is dirty. And there's a lot of chemical plants, especially in the south. Oh yeah. So you think it's gotten better? Are you? Yeah, what probably. year? What years you talking I left about? The eighties. I left the okay. eighties. Mm-hmm. You think it's it gotten better? Be probably a little bit. I mean, my hometown is definitely Mexican now. It oh yeah. It went from being mostly white and black to Mexican. <laughs> oh, really? A few New Puerto Jersey. Rican. Okay, Puerto Rican. Uh huh. A few, a very few. Like I live, I live. Jewish? On, uh, no Jewish. The... Maybe some Jewish people, mostly. but I mean, I just I just want them in as white people because you know, as a youngster, I wasn't really associating with too many people who was outside of my school. Oh, really? That wasn't by choice. I'd say it was just randomness. You know, you hang out with people in your neighborhood, your family members and people in your neighborhood. And so I always lived where uh where the black people lived at. Mm-hmm. Sorted so off is it I, sorted off as within blocks or something? No, uh, I just it was a small city of like fifty thousand people. And uh and how can I say? And, and they had this they had neighborhoods of course, but it was mostly we were in the black side of town, mostly where I lived at. But then, then I used to go to South Plainfield. I was born in Plainfield. I used to go to South Plainfield, which is mostly white. But I never used to play out around there because it wasn't my hood. I used to go to visit my family, you know? Mm-hmm. Then we had North Plainfield to Scatterway. I guess North Plainfield was mostly more more white people. The Scatterway was like mixed. So, in Scotch Plains, I think. And then it was like a mountain city or, uh, over across the expressway. So anyway, across the no, sp- expressway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, it was um, it wasn't, it wasn't like we didn't associate with with. with I didn't not like we was the people was racist like my family or anything. Just that that's who you know in your neighborhood, in your proximity. Mm-hmm. I wasn't old enough to really like venture into other cities and like uh, you know go places by myself. Well, that 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 didn't only apply in your area. It applied pretty much all around, right? Yeah, yeah. This is generally speaking, that's how I grew up. General, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how I grew up in Jersey. 
And uh, we would go to other cities like Elizabeth, visit some family, Newark, East Orange. Uh, so uh, they go to New York City from time to time. Mm-hmm. So now you you left there and went came to Germany. How'd that happen? So I came to Chicago first. Then oh, Germany. Chicago. Okay. So the step was from Jersey to I Chicago. Music. Yeah, yeah, music. I mean, basically, it was just music. That's when you, I, I when did you land in Chicago? In '88, then Christmas '88. I think that was it. Family move, a family move, or just the artist? Just me, just me and my mom. Mm. We got family in Detroit too. Been in Cincinnati and Detroit. Mm. You the only child? Yeah, yeah. I can tell. No, just kidding. Don't dane this, huh? Right on. Um, yeah, ma'am. It's glad to glad to see that you uh keeping fit and well. How you uh coping with this uh COVID these COVID moments? It's good, man. You know what I'm saying? What can I say? I don't know, I don't know. It's interesting. It's terrible and interesting. It's kinda of like set the whole set the whole society into a, a to a, a, a tailspin. Mm-hmm. I mean, especially the restaurant industry and the entertainment industry. So, of course, specifically DJs and stuff. So everybody who was making a living now is not making a living. So you have to actually people actually have to get jobs these days until until they open up the clubs scene. And I still don't think even after they open up the club scene, there's not going to be people going to be flying. I'm not going to be rushing to fly and playing so to jet set. Mm-hmm. And then, so like if you get, so what if you get sick and you stuck in the country, they're not going to let you on the plane. Mm-hmm. You had no um, family or friends affected by this, huh? No, no. That's just friends and family. Great. Friends and family. But my, my family, generally speaking, they get sick. The ones that I talk to, at least. Mm-hmm. I can't speak for everybody. Mm-hmm. Are they taking care? Uh, masking up and keeping social distancing? And are they... Everybody's trying to do what they do to keep from catching the disease. As you know, uh, insurance is at a premium mm-hmm. here in America. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you get sick then you're going to have to come out the pocket and it's going to be not it's going to be a lot of money to come out of the pocket especially now yeah so how it it seemed like uh berlin went off <laughs> berlin went crazy on the weekend uh, last week they had a what they had a protest uh, they were protesting against the masks oh yeah some people get yeah, some people feel it's their right not to wear a mask so it's like but can you prove that is is safer, or it does, or the masks are illegitimate? I mean, can you prove that? I mean, it's, it's being proven that millions are dying, or thousands or millions are dying around the world. So, uh, well, hundreds of thousands. Yeah, is that a false? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying. I, I mean, I wear a mask. I think it, it makes me feel better to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't like to wear a mask. I can't breathe. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I got on the train. I mean, I'm in Germany. Everybody else is wearing a mask. Well, I'm be the only person not wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. Might yell at me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure now it seems like I've seen so many different types that they have no. I mean, I guess some folks have no real complaints about not breathing because they have so many different masks to uh, 
um, accommodate those different issues. For me, I think it's just a, uh, one of those things where you have to be careful. You don't know. You don't know what's happening. You don't know what's going to happen. Maybe you end up in one of them hospitals or if everyone's just not giving a shit. Uh, seems like America is just uh, running rampant, huh? Now, America is the, the privileged thing in America. The whole privileged American number one thing. And so people feel like, from what I see, I mean, I'm here, of course, I'm in Germany, but from what I see, it's like, people say, you're trampling on my rights. You're trampling my rights. I don't, I don't want to wear masks. So I don't have to wear masks. I don't want to wear masks. I say, well, you're trying to protect the society, the old people, the people with pre-existing conditions. That's why you wear masks in a store. You can't wear masks in a store for 10 minutes, 15 minutes. What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and people feel entitled to not wear a mask. Like people want guns. They want their guns. So that's so how a, that's how it so works. So a store so a store can say, Well, you can have your rights, but your rights are don't apply in, here. Uh, they yeah, don't apply here because it's here, private business. Yeah. Yeah, it's just private business. And if people get mad, just like that video I sent you earlier okay. when the dude slapped that woman, mm. it was all because he didn't want to wear a mask. Wow. That's what that whole thing was about, actually. And wow. then turned into some other craziness. Mm-hmm. You know? Turn some craziness. Well, shit. I'm glad you keep. I'm glad you're keeping safe. Um, I mean, you have a son and wife, and it's kind of important to uh, think about them, even if you. I mean, you're not alone. I mean, you know, you don't know. What do you? Uh, I can know your kid's really young, but what if it comes to a position where he has to go to school and would you? Oh, he's been. He's been in the Kita already. Okay. He's already there. And how they? He's on vacation right now. I mean, well, so I know it's it's kind of how can I say? No, kids from in his age group, they're like two to like six, not wearing masks. So they they made some they they implemented some changes. Like every time you pick up or drop off a child, child, you cannot you have to wear a mask. Okay. All the parents, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, of course um, they changed some of the eating habits that they had, and. Uh, some of the some of the rules of the kindergarten, mm-hmm. and then they come down from the state, from the, the state North Ryan, North North Ryan Westfallen. Mm-hmm. They're making the rules here, so that's what that's about. Um, I don't know if if it's good or bad. Okay, another minute. Wait a second. You See, don't know I if it's good or bad. I don't know, I don't know if it's good or bad. Uh, I think it's. Better, but I mean, before before Kuze was always getting sick mm-hmm. every other week anyway mm-hmm. because of the Kita. But now they say if if you um, if your kid has a fever or a rain nose or a cough, keep him at home, which is a duh, right? That's a duh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah like, That's self-explanatory. But some people were just like just taking them because they had to go to work, you know. Mm. That's the problem. That's the problem with all this. It's like it works, and you need you need to make the donuts to pay the bills to eat and right. do all the stuff you need to do. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. So that's what that happens. That's what it comes down to. What have you been up to lately? Nah, nothing really. I mean, just like making music here and there. Yeah. Spending time with the family, trying to exercise more. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Do you find you this? Know? You find this time to. Uh, I mean, I guess when the 
big time shutdown for me i had <laughs> i adapted well because <laughs> i had so many things i wanted to get done and i could that i that i had been procrastinating about and uh for and it took it's been taking me these months to get it all done actually if i if i didn't if i didn't have to take care of my son mm-hmm. during the day then it would have been i would have had more time to do lots of more more things mm-hmm. so at the time the, the kindergarten was closed so i was here so i couldn't get anything done really so mm-hmm. i can't really make music or anything when he's around i mean for a little bit but then he wants to play so mm-hmm. yeah i think you did i think you did quite well you worked you've been working um on different with different types of hardware gear in your studio right yeah, from time to time, and I was I, I was working, but that's after he got to the Kita. Mm-hmm. After he got back in the Kita, then I started working on music. Mm-hmm. How does a how does a father manage to make an album <laughs> during COVID? <laughs> this is a that's a really hard, difficult thing to juggle around, I guess, huh? No, you get time during the day, you know. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like you got to just do a couple hours. To make music and exercise, I try to put like 30, 40 minutes for exercise mm-hmm. during the day if he's in school. Mm-hmm. Then you know, try plus you know, learn some stuff. Mm-hmm. Try to do some German vocabulary. Been trying to. I guess your situation also uh, is a good thing because you, when you have the time, you really the time that you have and using it constructively and getting things most, done. Most. Mostly, but you know, when when the when the family's here, everybody's here. It's just, it's just like, it. yeah, it's just it. too much. On it. Can't can't make music. Everybody wants attention from different things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, the attention mm-hmm. goes away, so it's hard to like actually like concentrate and make sit down and write some stuff. When you do get it, when you get it, when you do get that valuable chance to to make music, uh, what gear are you using? Oh, uh, this depends. Like uh, the, the last thing is just like two two different iterations of my live PA with the last two albums. But now I think I'm a, um, before I was using some vocals. Now I'm thinking I'm bust out the MPC and write some uh, and write some drum stuff. Just some drum tracks. Uh, oh, that's my idea the other day. I was gonna write some drum tracks. Oh, you got the MPC? Yeah, yeah. Which one? The older one? Yeah, the one thousand. A newer, it's a mid, mid. It's not super old. It's not super new. Mm-hmm. It's in the mid level, maybe like ten years though. So I guess it's old, but it's not old. It's like the the first one I had was the two thousand. Now uh-huh. it's like in the nineties. Do they do they have large memory cards or no? The, yeah, the the one thousand is okay. Get like a four gigabyte um, SSD card. Uh-huh. Have you have you ever filled them up <laughs> while while working? Yeah, with samples. This was samples. And had the I mean, because you, you got you got samples, mm-hmm. and then you got um, a program, and you got the sequences you got to save. So you got the sequence. The sequences don't don't take that much memory. The programs is all the samples, right? And then all your samples that you just had from like drum samples, mm-hmm. for instance. I got like the mini drum samples that I collected from the different drum machines that off the internet. Mm-hmm. That people had collections of this drum uh, drum machines, nine on nine eight ways, emu, mm-hmm. emu, the, right. the you know all the stuff that people we just Protea. prefer mm-hmm. Yeah, so those things. Um, when you are producing or 
um, what style are you doing now? Have you changed anything? No. Uh, you, I mean, what? How could you one describe your sound? This is free, man. I mean, it's always it's always from the house perspective. Okay, I'm always trying to do something that's like considered house music, but it should be just free, man. Now it's like. I made music. I don't need to release anything really. So it's like I just make stuff that I like, and I just take my time because it's like, okay, you release it, what's gonna happen? You know. So I made music because I like to make music. So it just it just happened. Whatever is happening, I try to keep evolving because I feel I don't want to make the same thing over and over again. So that's boring to me. Okay. So, but like as far as that that goes, it's like uh, sometimes it's definitely. Using the new machines gives the new inspiration. Using mm-hmm. the machine for your inspiration. Then sometimes you go back to what I was using first, like Reason. I go back to that sometimes, on random times, just to make a track with that. I know the sound is different. I may mean, got a B step here. Sometimes I hook that up and then use this to So it depends. I have, a, I have a collection of things that I use. I still have like a ES1, the old core uh, synthesizer. Okay. I haven't used it in a while, but I'm gonna hook that up sometime in the future. And your go-to, you can't do without when you start? <laughs> no, but now it's like a, to, to arrange everything, I was using Ableton. Okay. I mean, to, re- to record, even to just record stuff, I use Ableton, because it's easy to edit. Mm-hmm. It's real easy to edit the. It's like non-destructive editing. It's real easy to like open it up and you, you know to make to make a cut or like an edit and you know it's seamless. You you, you, you get it right. It takes so. It's really quick to make a seamless edit. That's why, in case you got to case you need to take out some parts mm-hmm. or like you're making a mix and it skips, just take it out. It's real easy to do that without having to like count beats or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. You just like move it over, then pull it, cut it, you slice it, then move it, and that's it. You just you just put out a new album, right? Or yes, yes. What was, what's, the, what's the name and the concept behind this? Uh, that one was called Analog Scriptures because that one was with the NPC and. And some synthesizers. Analog scriptures. Yeah, and this NPC and some synthesizers. And basically, the concept was uh, the NPC was the first thing I learned how to use. And then, like a lot of a lot of music that I like, where was that I grew up listening to, was with NPC and some synthesizers. And it's like old dance mania tracks and like like ghetto tracks. They used to call them the Jew music. <laughs> the Jew music now Jack. is quite quite different quite different they don't have any kick drums really it's like fast hi-hats and snares and like a sample or something before it was like more like techno sounding i would say it was like a four and a four beat but anyway that's so then the acid acid tunes so this is like my the culmination of all this i call it the scriptures of how i like to make my music how many tracks is on the lp nine uh what label that's the machine and dreams that's the hm505 album actually you released it on on Bandcamp, right? It is a Bandcamp album. Okay. Yeah, this is a Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. Any vinyl? I mean, this is good. Uh, no, nah, everything kind of slowed down. I still, I'm still waiting for uh for Miles and the and the and the, on his label. 
But you know, no, this is this is it's Casper. Casper. He's got his baby. He yeah, got his baby girl LG. now. So it's Casper is his name, right? It's not even right. It's black. White. It's a white Jeep, folks, with with bling bling coming all on it right now. Big tires and everything. It's black. black no, he changed it. it. Oh, is it? <laughs> it's white in color, though. Think, white white on the outside and black on the inside. <laughs> oh, so he got it painted? No, I saw it. Yes, I saw it. And I was asking him uh, why he named it Casper, because mostly, mostly uh, men name them their cars after women. He had no answer for that. <laughs> What's your favorite track on the LP? Are there a couple or? There's a couple. Changer is a good one. That's, I like that one. And then uh, that's another one. But I forget the name of it right now. But yeah, I think it's number number six on the on the album. Yeah, six, five or six. So it's a really melodic one. Yeah. The Changer is like it turns out acid house. It's more of an acid house kind of track. Number six, you said. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. In your opinion, what makes for a good album, a good full album? enjoyable album long-lasting album depends on how, which, what kind of album you're trying to make but i think an album should be something that you can listen to and throughout and it has good pacing concert and a concert some type of concert because often people make albums is put a, a collection of uh, random tracks together some people do other people actually make albums with concepts mm -hmm. i think what concept makes a good album mm -hmm. and then you and then you you you, you make it that's the best thing. I know you're not DJing um, much at the moment, but do you find time to search music or buy music at all, just for your personal or for just for your ca catalog? I just, I just collect. I just acquire music. Now I'm just acquiring music from friends. Mm -hmm. That's how. This is where my music is coming from. I'm not buying any digitally at the moment. And then like vinyl, I haven't bought vinyl in a while. I mean, I would. Like usually how I was buying vinyls, like I'd be traveling to Amsterdam, then go to the store. Or I'd go to Berlin, then go to the store. Or go to Paris, then i go to the store. I will just get it like that. See if they have something, and I would go shopping for like an hour or so. Each place. You know, I wouldn't put so much time digging, but I would dig a bit, and that's how I would to play records. Or I would be to see records that I wanted, and I would search for them to see where I was at. Mm -hmm. And then that's where I would go find it. And then I, that way I can just take it with me, or I can play it, or I can play it that that night or something. Mm -hmm. like yeah, I guess, I guess uh, again, your lifestyle at the moment is hard to be able to um, buy vinyl and DJ. Me, I collect music and keep vinyl. Um, that's kind of my hobby on the side and stuff. So I'm and my uh, my daughter asked me if <laughs> if uh, she can have my collection. So I'm always thinking about what is involved in that collection when, she, when I want to pass it down to her. So I'm always really searching, keeping my myself forward thinking, if I could say that. Um, so I'm really, ex uh, I like different types of music. So, and when I'm sitting, you uh, listen to stuff on Spotify and Bandcamp. You, 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 are you open for different stuff or are you just kind of like into your own thing or? I just listen to different types of music between YouTube. I guess I haven't really searched for any new artists at the moment. I just keep track of the people that I, that I work with from my labels. And then like those satellites people, 
and then other artists that I that I really like their music. I check out when I see something happening. Like I saw Moody Man had an album on Bandcamp, so I listened to that. But I say something like this, like something like this, like I might be interested if if I like it, I might I might download it just to have it. If it, if it's some stuff that I can use later, even even for like a podcast or something that I can use, I like to play. I like to keep the music uh, going. But like I got so much music from my 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 associates. That, that nobody's heard or like unreleased stuff that like I just keep keeps me going. Plus I make and I keep making music too as well. Did you did you include any of these tracks that are unknown pretty much on the on the decisive uh DJ DJ mix today? Yeah. I I haven't heard that mix since I did it. Okay. So um I think I had like a couple of unknown tracks on there. Or maybe not unknown like like released but nobody heard them kind of thing. For your album, who did the artwork for you? Oh, Chicago Skyway did the artwork for that. Chicago Skyway. Sean Hernandez. Let's see that. I don't. And why you select him? No, Are you good just, friends? Easy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's one of my. He's one of my friends. Okay. I asked him. I asked him if he had some ideas for this. If we came back with. Sorry. Mm. I took. Uh, I took a little time off last week or so, uh, which was very nice <laughs> to get off social media and you know get off get get away from everything um um and kind of bring in the summer before it was like some really hot days are you looking forward to summertime holidays or anything like this you- we don't and and nowhere to go for the holidays mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. so to me it's just all the same it's all the same but yeah i think we're gonna go to the beach one of these days Hang out in, in, in the beach in Germany somewhere. What else? What else do you do besides making music and besides, or do you enjoy doing besides music and your family, like doing cooking? Or... Uh, I, I, I'm not good at cooking. I try to cook from time to time, mm-hmm. I, out of necessity, really. Mm-hmm. Cook out of necessity, but I like I like cooking. I don't have really creativity in cooking. I don't really have ideas. It takes me a while to come up with something. And today I'll make. Uh, like pasta with shrimp, you know. Mm-hmm. So like something like this, so easy, easy pasta dishes. Like I can't for some reason I can't like make a schnitzel. <laughs> <laughs> I always burn. I burn it every every time I try. I burn. It. <laughs> so I don't know. I need to work on that. Like writing poetry sometimes. Sometimes it's like uh, things about music. Sometimes I, I journal. Well, I haven't done it in a while. I kind of I had to like um. I try. I try. For I think like a couple years ago, I was doing a poem a day, but then I kind of just lost. I almost made it to like this uh, October, but I couldn't finish it. I just didn't have the creative. Uh, and whatever was going on in my life didn't allow me to, to finish it. Uh, so sometimes I go back and look and see. I got a book. It was more like I want to say poems, but like yeah, there were poems, but they wasn't always on the rhyme scheme. Right? Mm-hmm. They were more like thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody, any writers, books that inspire you uh, um, in writing? No, I, no, no, I don't have any inspirations for that. I mean, I read certain artists, uh, writers. So, like, uh, I mean, like, the last book I was reading was Atlas Huxley. And then, like, he's awesome, but his writing is very, like, uh, very high level, though. Like, nowhere near as great as writer he is. I mean, he was born to be intellectual. His family, his, both his parents were intellectual writers. You know, his uncle, his grandfather. 
So he was born to he was born into that society. So his vocabulary is quite quite vast. And so you know, you know, he, he paid attention in all the in all the years of uh, of English. You know, you know, like most people when they go to English class, you don't care. You're like, all right, it's a period, it's a semicolon, it's a comma. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, right. right. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, uh, that's a metaphor. That's a simile. All right. Okay, like how you know, like you got to implement it into your writing. I mean, that takes like uh, you need to be actively doing that. And then you know, of course, you've been doing it for like fifty years, so of course he's a master of what he does. Then also, I read, I read Noam Noam Chomsky from time to time because he has some political ideologies that I like. And he also explains things very clear and concisely about how society works. You know. Mm, okay. So, uh-huh. and then there's random other books that I found. I found this dude from uh, I was in Turkey and I found this book in English from this dude who wrote. He was think Bulgarian, but he learned English. I think he was Bulgarian and then learned English and wrote books in English. So it's it very weird. So it was about like a um, some dude in like a a lighthouse. It's about a lighthouse dude, a lighthouse. Uh, but it was kind of hard to digest. Well, the last, so been, the last time I even seen a lighthouse. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a lighthouse. <laughs> do you think? Do you think the role of social media has completely changed the dynamic of dance music and how it's made yeah. and how it's consumed? Yeah, definitely. This is technology. I mean, now it's like um, if you want to be a DJ, you got to be an actor. Got to be a social justice warrior. You gotta be uh, do all this stuff. Order for people to book you. It doesn't matter about the music. Mm-hmm. I mean, now it's, the music is easy, more more easier than ever. You know, mm-hmm. to make music is easier than ever because of all the, the chord bots stuff you can use. And I mean, I mean, yeah, you still got arranging. So people people need to get their arranging up. But some people don't care. That's why they have minimal. People never cared about arranging in the minimal. People just on drugs and they just like the, the groove. Or like Tech House, for instance. Mm-hmm. People just don't. The arrangement is so minimal on Tech House. For me, that's and, tracks. That's not music to me. That's tracks. Um, I mean, it, because, it got melodies and harmonies. And okay. It, it, slightly. I mean, it got rhythms. Mm-hmm. It's still music. It's just not a very complex music mm-hmm. or heartfelt. Oh, heartfelt. Oops. <laughs> Without a heartfelt. There's no heartfelt music. Oh, my God. No. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Um, when you recorded this session, did you have anything particular in mind that you were trying to maybe, maybe convey to people, to listeners? Or you just dove in and just picked your favorite tracks? Or No, you know how it is. It's like some music that I want to listen to that I want to play, that I think is nice. And that's it. And it's like a set. Like sometimes, it's only, it was only an hour, so it's like, you know, I expanded it to a little bit. So sometimes like, I want to play one vocal. I want to play one vocal in there, or maybe two vocals, something. I like to play like a vocal, mm-hmm. I like to play some tracks. So like, if I'm going deep, I try to come back with something uh, like fast paced, mm-hmm. and then give a break. And like you know, just like give it a little journey, right, give a break of like a mm-hmm. like like a straight house house mm-hmm. thing, like a straight mm-hmm. house with vocal. Then come back with maybe a disco, and then go back into some tracks. Then maybe go deep again. 
Just so, but like, so all that can flow. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. Did you you did you add any of your tracks to this one? Oh yeah, for sure. And it, when, when I'm playing these, it's definitely tracks from from me or my collaborations. I mean, I got all these collaborations, so mm-hmm. as well. Start playing. I mean, I play them anyway, but I mean, like, I got a, a lot of collaboration tracks, a lot. Mm-hmm. Or oh, I have at least five or six different collaboration groups that were released that had records released. So that's why I think about it. I need to. Play, I play those. I played some of my. I got all the tracks I made on my whole uh, of my whole uh, discography. Mm-hmm. So like, I might play some of those too. Mm-hmm. And then play some other nice tunes. So I mean, like now, I mean, what, what? I mean, why am I? Why am I saving them? You know, okay. what am I saving them for? Exactly. And, like, might as well play them sometimes. Might as well. Yeah. Might as well. Wait, so, <laughs> Like, why did I make them? If you can say something influential, positive, or to to the world, to a good message during these trying times. What would you like to? T- what would you say to friends, family, people out there, your fans? I would say it's something positive. I mean, I could say something ignorant, but I'll say something positive. Any of that works. Whatever, <laughs> whatever you're feeling, that would be. Nah, I would say pay those monthly bills. Pay those monthly bills. Do something that that you can pay monthly bills that you don't hate. That's 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 the best way I can say. Find you a way to live life and where you don't hate what you do for eight hours a day. Cause that's that's what most the problem that most people have working at, working a job that they hate just Work so they can yeah, yeah. just so, just so they can do whatever they need to do, even have a roof over their head. So try to find a way to enjoy your life. Just find a way to enjoy your life. Even if you have a job that you hate, mm. find a way to enjoy your life because it's only one short life that we, and that's what we need to work on. And, and focus on what's positive in your life and not what's negative in your life. And if you do focus on what's negative, focus on trying to change that negative part of your life. I agree, I concur. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, but my, my ignorant answer is, Fuck bitches and get money, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But- <laughs> Straight up, ordained style, baby. Drop it like it's hard. <laughs> Thanks, man. With that said, every uh, I'm sure everyone is looking forward to listening to the ordained pimp mix. My the matter of fact, what is the title of this mix anyway? Oh, uh, uh, I don't know. We we, we keep this color. We just call it ordained. Okay. Or- no, no, just ordained. Ordained what? Ordained. This ordained. This ordained like the, the Murphy mix. <laughs> the ordained. We got call it ordained. Put it in like some bubble letters. <laughs> well, I'm sure that everyone's looking forward to uh, hearing your recording, DJ Mixon. Thank you a lot for the interview, and um, looking forward to you possibly deciding to do a bi-monthly with us, so you can play all those records you talked about and get them out there. Thanks again, my brother, for your time. And I oh, hope, no yeah. Greetings to the I sun. I told you about the bi monthly. I told you about the bi monthly. I told you that I, I had to be experimenting with that. Well, great, man. But yeah, man, I, I get greetings to the family. Say what's up. I will. Next time I come, next time I come through, I, I'll check you out. Right on. And like you got blonde hair, like Cisco. 
You know what I'm saying? Everybody, everybody want to have this. Everybody want to have this. Have this. I got.
Okay. And as we slowly bring this podcast to an end, thank you everybody for joining in. Hopefully that you have enjoyed this program and uh, interview with our guest today. I am very excited about the overcoming of this virus. It looks like we will be faced with trying times and hopefully this brings us all together. I hope that you and your families are safe. I will continue to try to give you the best podcast possible. I hope that you will find it in your heart to support us and follow us at Instagram, SoundCloud, Facebook, Come back. Yeah.